Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our text for this day is Matthew 23. Here again the part that reads, But you are not to be called rabbi because you have one teacher and are all brothers. And no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be your servant, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. This is a part of our text. One of my father's fondest memories is of harvest. He would be combining grain. My mother, my brother or I, would be out baling straw, filling the five hay racks. My sister would be preparing the noon meal and taking care of my little brother. Once noon hit, the balers would go ahead and take the racks into the yard, hurry up and eat, and to relieve my dad in the combine. Dad would take a load of grain back to the yard, unload it, ate and came back, and the whole process would all start all over again. Some of you understand this. It was like a well-oiled machine. Well, our neighbor, Mr. Nelson, who farmed alone, was impressed how we worked together. But it wasn't always that way. My parents did a lot of modeling, sharing expectations, teaching, and reteaching for a lot of years. There were tears over the dents in various pieces of machinery, spills from not unloading the grain correctly, and conflicting priorities. But you see, all of this was a working out of the fourth commandment, and this morning I'd like you to turn to page 321 in your hymnal and look at the fourth commandment at the bottom of page 341 in the left-hand column. And there are those of you that know it by heart. Go ahead, do it by heart. But on 321, on the bottom there, on the left-hand column, let's speak together the fourth commandment. Honor your father and your mother. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise or anger our parents and other authorities, but honor them, serve and obey them, love and cherish them. And Paul reminds us that if you look in the back in the Old Testament, in both Exodus and Deuteronomy, this is the first command, he says in Ephesians chapter 6. This is the first of a commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and you may live long on the earth. Things are going to work. We need to work together. I needed my parents and I needed my teachers. Well, the Pharisees wanted God's people to be who God said, that is, God's people. And as they looked around, they were appalled. They saw the tax collectors compromising with the Romans and their government. They saw women prostituting themselves to make a living. They saw men dumping their wives for others. They noticed the priestly families going through the motions, and if they taught, they were certainly not strict enough in their eyes. You see, the Pharisees were lay people and read the scriptures for the people to hear and became rabbis teaching the people in the various synagogues. They organized, they taught, they enforced, working to clean up the mess of God's people. 
You're out. You're in. God's people are holy. Jesus said that they sat in Moses' seat. Why? Because they handled and they spoke the word of God. They worked together. They worked hard. They were honored. And yet, as we see, all was not well. Some, not all of them, liked the attention, then the position, then the power, and they liked to put on a show and honor, be honored at events. They came to expect it and to maintain things that had rules upon rules to be like them. But what about the common person? The one who did not measure up, the one who was in trouble. You maybe heard it. You made your own bed, sleep in it. That was their attitude. You know those that have the can do attitude, and they're great when they're help or when they help. However, there is that sinful nature that grabs a human being and may even come to say, I'm too good for you. I can do it better. And so it happens, the separation, and they're no longer working together. Now what do we do? Well, let's look at it. Today is the 23rd Sunday after Pentecost. We also observe All Saints Day which started on All Hallows' Eve. And you know what Old English All Hallows' Eve is, don't you? Halloween, that's right. Didn't know that you spoke such Old English. Oh, you do when you speak the Lord's Prayer, when you say, Hallowed be thy name. That's the first word in Halloween, right? Well, the question is then, who are the saints? Because on All Saints Day, it is not just the dead ones that we're remembering. Paul addresses the Ephesians in chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will to, him, to the saints in Ephesus. When he wrote those letters, those saints were living, weren't they? And even Paul addresses his problem congregation in Corinth. The church everywhere, or the church that if there was anything that went wrong, it did. To the church in, of God in Corinth, he says, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with those everywhere in every place who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Yes, these are living people. So we need to ask ourselves, what makes a saint? First of all, it is the mercy and the grace and the forgiveness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Or to put it another way, a saint is a forgiven sinner. Number two, a saint is living today, or today, living today is being sanctified as we heard in 1 Thessalonians 4. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust that the Gentiles do, who do not know God. You see, Paul knew that there were problems among the Thessalonians and the pressures 
the society in which they lived. What about today? Well, certainly the number of magazine publications are certainly down, but there are new open doors, aren't they? And they're not so new anymore. You got your cell phone on you? Yep. But an open door, just about anything you want to see. Computers, Roco TV, and the result is marriages are disdained, couples refuse to get married, marriages suffer as satisfaction drops between couples, and the eyes are filled and relationships break. But there are those that don't have a pornography problem in their marriage. Maybe you've made it 30, 40, 50, 60 years, and just can't understand why we made it, why can't you? There's a problem, that's the problem of the Pharisees. We made it, why can't you? And a breaking and a broken marriage is a heavy burden to bear. Sexual purity in America is difficult and maybe even seemingly impossible to maintain or even to regain. Just visit your high school and your middle school. Listen to what the students say goes on in the bathrooms. And yet God has gone ahead and designed our bodies in such a way that we can learn from them. How many of you went ahead and stubbed your toe? What happens? Yeah, first you look at it, and then you bend down towards it if you can, and then you try to see the problem or to see what damage has been done. So is it with the body of Christ, right? God has designed the body of Christ to work the same way. When someone is injured, when someone is bearing such a heavy, heavy burden, the eyes of the members of the body of Christ are to turn to them and to see them. To see what the damage is and then to help them. All Saints Day called to be one body, one Lord. Listen how Paul wrote again into the Thessalonians. Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been instructed or taught by God to love one another. Jesus says it a different way in his text. But not all of you are called rabbi, for you have one teacher. You are all brothers brothers and sisters in Christ. And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Jesus Christ has completely fulfilled the law of Moses. It is done. So no matter what kind of condition that you're in, hear the grace and the forgiveness of our Lord Jesus Christ and start anew 
as his saints. He does not cast us aside, but declares us his children, forgiven sinners, declared saints, for he is God's son, and through him we now have God as our brother. Sure, our fathers, our parents have done the best that they could, flawed as they have may have been, but God is our eternal Father and looks after our good. We may have siblings, but Jesus is our eternal brother who sacrifices like no other sibling would ever have done for us. And he sends us his Holy Spirit, his Counselor, so that when we read the Scriptures and hear our Heavenly Father we are led to believe and to follow that word. Because in Jesus, God is now once again pleased with us. And it is easier to please Him. We no longer have to win God's attention because we have God's attention. The Holy Spirit through the word points us to Jesus and Jesus sacrificed Himself for us to show the Father's love. Jesus has become our servant. He is the one who was exalted and became humbled and then exalted for us. He is our teacher and our instructor. It's all about the Word, the Word from the Father. The Word became flesh. The Word is our one teacher and our instructor. He is Jesus Christ. Now, you've probably heard and seen that word obedience in the Scriptures, right? comes from a Greek word called hypokuo, and that's what's not really important, except literally it means to be under the hearing of. And that is to sit at the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ, to be under the hearing of our Lord. And it goes into our ears and fills our minds and our hearts. so that it will come out as the confession of our Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. And out of our fingers and our feet, as we share that love with others by what we say with our mouths and what we do with our hands and the places where we go. But together, as brothers and sisters in Christ, for we have one teacher, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has one Father, God the Father, and we have one instructor. For in Him we are made one body, brothers and sisters in Christ, humbled in His hearing and bold in our confession. Amen. Now the peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.